0: Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go Beyond the Numbers to find out.
1: Welcome to another episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm your host, Shelby Skirthawk. You're about to see sales tax pop up on your totals a lot more often when you're shopping online. That's because states are taking action to collect sales tax from e-commerce shoppers, just as they would if those shoppers walked into a brick-and-mortar shop in their respective state. I'm sitting down with Shane Stewart and George Renza-Paris. Nice to see you guys.
2: Nice to see you. Thank you for having us.
1: So a little, I want to know a little bit about your guys' background. So, Shane, tell me a little bit how you got into state and, uh, and local tax services.
0: Well, I kind of think I was one of the lucky ones. You know, I kind of fell into it right out of college, just like many folks fall into any career. Um, I went to Texas A&M University. Whoop. Uh, <laughs> we uh, The firm that recruited me um, recruited heavily out of A&M. And... Um, Sales tax, state and local taxes, where where I fell into. So how do I? I think the question really is how do I get focused in it. Um, I'm 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 a big dreamer. Uh, I like to achieve things. I like to fish, Um, so I like to catch things and not know what I'm getting. So how does that relate to what I do now and what I specialize in, um, which is sales tax recovery work and audit defense. So every time. I get a new client and I'm looking uh, through data and their records. I'm looking to find some savings for them uh, but I never know what I'm gonna catch.
1: I like that. I like that. Fishing as a metaphor for uh, sales tax and looking into those savings. Uh, how about you George?
2: So I uh, have a little bit of a, a different background. I came through I uh, went to law school and have a legal background. I started off doing uh, federal tax work and Getting a good general perspective, and then did some international and, and state and local. And I just really enjoyed the uh, state and local um, one. There's uh, a lot of controversy involved in it, so with my legal background, I enjoyed the controversy and litigation part of it. And then also, um, the one thing I love about state and local tax is there's you know there's 50 states, 50 rules. So there's no common answer um, for people doing multi-state business. So A lot of times, the answer is it depends. And so, um, you know, it depends on what that state rule, state laws are. So it's always uh, fun to go into and and research that and and get those answers.
1: So something that's been in the news um, in summer 2018, a Supreme Court decision known as uh, South Dakota versus Wayfair, I mean, it made a lot of headlines. And and there's a lot of stories about sales tax and, of course, the online retailer Amazon. Uh, How have those decisions and kind of cases really influenced uh, state and local taxes? And, like, what are... What are those main driving factors for, uh, for that law change?
2: So I think uh, you know, the way we do business today is different. People are doing, uh, they're not going to brick and mortar stores anymore. They're doing online um, uh, purchases. So the state laws needed to catch up uh, with uh, the way we do business. Um, states were hoping that Congress would act and change the laws from um, w- what it was from a physical presence to this economic presence. Um, the Congress never acted, so the states took uh, um, took action for themselves. And South Dakota was one of the first states that passed this economic uh, threshold. And uh, if you want to discuss what that is,
0: right? Well, with on, you know online retail being uh, a, a main, I think it is a main driver. Um, but really, I think it also boils down to money. Um, it's the lost revenue that states uh, uh, you know are not getting because mm-hmm. they. Uh, companies could sell into a state without having to collect sales tax um, and this uh, South Dakota versus Wayfair United States Supreme Court uh, ruling um, focuses on on sales tax and, and what uh, Nexus means so um, you know there are some estimates thrown out there, and I think it's yet to be determined what it's really worth to the states, but um, some believe it's worth upwards of 34, 35 billion dollars a year. Uh, so it's, it's quite substantial.
1: And the economic nexus is what?
0: So economic nexus, under, under
2: the old, prior to this uh, wafer decision, in order for a state to impose a sales tax collection and, and uh, remittance on a the taxpayer, they had to have a physical presence in that state. Um, And that was under the Quill decision. So under Wayfair states pass economic presence. So economic presence is if you have so many um, sales, like $100,000 of sales into our state, or so many transactions, 200 transactions in our state, that creates nexus. Now if you meet those thresholds, um, you would be required to collect and remit sales tax to those end users in that state. So it just changed the landscape from a physical presence Down to an economic presence for sales tax uh, collection and remittance.
1: Right. Well, I can see how it affects brick and mortar stores very differently than online stores. So, I mean, what are what are the ways that this uh, this ruling is impacting both those brick and mortar and online?
0: Yeah, I think what. How it's affecting uh, or impacting businesses, uh, whether they're online, remote sellers—that's a key term uh, to consider—and uh, brick and mortar is uh, that, that now everybody's going to uh, their sales tax liability is going to be is going to be more. It's going to cost more, whether it's complying, whether it's paying more more money on uh, for sales tax on purchases that you're buying, because. You know, you can't expect in the future to be purchasing things from a remote seller um, like Amazon used to be. Uh, they collect in all the states I know now, but a remote seller would not charge you tax. You know, now you're going to find more and more and more and more as these uh, uh, economic nexus laws are adopted and enforced, uh, tax being charged on just about everything. So I think, uh, and also it's going to level the playing field, right? So it's taking. Where a
2: brick and mortar store, where you have a physical presence in a state, you're required to collect and sales tax on the sale of a good when somebody walks into your store. Now it's going to force the online retailer and put them on the same playing field as a brick and mortar store. So from that physical presence down to that economic presence, Um, from an impact standpoint, I don't believe it's going to impact businesses. From you know, should I stop doing multi-state? Business, So they're going to st- still continue doing that because, you know, they want to raise revenue and, 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 and have uh, receipts. So I think from um, impacting from the way companies do business, I don't think it'll affect that. But if from a reporting standpoint, it will. Um, and an administrative standpoint, that will be the biggest impact as what we're seeing.
1: So this, uh, you know, this ruling came down in in, in summer of twenty eighteen. Um, is this being fully enforced yet, or is that uh, is that kind of still to come? And, and how do you think states are going to be able to really enforce these changes to the to the sales tax laws?
0: So w- we were George and I were talking about this earlier too. Uh, the answer to uh, how are states or when are states going to or are they are they enforcing now? I would say no, but. But caveat that that they are able to enforce. They have enforcement dates that are effective um, for all these laws that have been passed. Um, and more and more are getting uh, passed and more dates are getting reached. Uh, just this month, uh, Wyoming, uh, on February 1st, uh, had it its effective date for enforcement. Um, where I think we're going to see uh, the enforcement start to take place is in a couple of years. Right now, I mean, it, for the states, what do they have to gain from enforcement? you know, attempting to enforce or audit or, or do things to determine if you have a liability because you weren't um, in compliance. Uh, there's only been a few months that have gone past, so it, the liability is, is is likely not very large. But in a couple of years from now, uh, if if clients or companies or businesses have not uh, got into compliance um, and states are going to start looking um, uh, for those companies.
2: And I think, you know, one question we get a lot is, from our clients, is how are they gonna catch us? So how is South Dakota gonna catch a company in Texas selling to customers in South Dakota? So the way they're gonna do that is one is, you know, South Dakota does an audit of that person or that taxpayer in South Dakota. They're gonna ask for either a vendor list or customer list. And so from there they'll have, get our information, you know, the the company here in Texas a nexus questionnaire will come out where South Dakota will send that to the Texas taxpayer, have them answer questions. So, you know, hey, do you have more than 100,000 of sales to customers in South Dakota? Do you have more than 200 transactions? So that's the way that they will enforce this. And this is that's how um, taxpayers will get caught. Um, and also, Department of Revenues, like you and I, we sit down and do internet searches. They'll do the same thing and search for companies located outside their state that sell into their state. Um, just going through through websites and internet searches
0: yeah and we know that the states uh the department of revenues uh, the tax commissions uh they are beefing up their staff in this area to uh, for the future of enforcing it um so it this is this is like i said this is worth a lot of money to the states um and it's and so they're investing as well uh, making sure that they can enforce it
1: well, and that, that sound, I mean, this whole process sounds very labor-intensive, and it's something that, uh, you know, requires a lot of manpower. Um, how is, uh, you know, technology and data analytics and AI, like, how is that changing some of the landscape for uh, for taxation?
2: Yeah, so I think you're, what you're seeing out there is companies looking for technology to help them pull data in order to be compliant with state laws. Um one area we're seeing is, hey, how can we pull our, you know, wholesale sales versus our retail sales, um, getting that information. Um, if we have sales to a state and, and, we're not, and we're not, we're just selling it to somebody who's gonna resell it, we gotta make sure we get resale certificates. So getting that technology and making sure we're gathering that information from um, our customers and, and making sure our files are complete if we were to get audited, and um, so that's where I think you're going to see a push in, in the technology area or AI to uh, for companies to be compliant with uh, not only state laws, but I think you're, you're seeing it all in the tax area.
0: Yeah. yeah. And from a company perspective with uh, having to comply with all these new states, so say you're, you were a Texas-based company selling in 30 states and now you have Nexus in all these different states, you know, 20 years ago, we we didn't have the technology to help us efficiently manage this these compliance burden, um, and we do today. We have technology that, can, that we can automate a lot of the processes, that we don't need to hire a 20-person team to, to, to just manage this compliance. Um, you could do it with relatively few people uh, with some technology solutions, um, and/or uh, outsource it to service providers who um, who have invested their you know on their own to do the same thing for their clients. Um, there's many options, but. Uh, technology, I, I believe, is is making things more efficient, um, easier to comply. It's still a burden. It still costs money. There's there is a cost to everything, um, but it, it it is becoming a more efficient process.
1: Is it uh, fair to say then that this is? I mean, because this legislation or the uh, the ruling had just come down. That that's going to be this technology is, is kind of emerging. I mean, it's there. These processes are not in place yet, and that it's that's where people are ramping up right now to try to be able to to capture those dollars and make this enforcement a reasonable, um, you know, ability to be able to right.
2: Yeah, I, and I think as we're going through this and trying to understand how states will enforce this, uh, for enforce these laws. Um, and how companies will comply with these laws. I think that right now the biggest impact is having them understand what these laws are. And if they're able to understand that, um, then we can get them in, in compliance. Um, there's different information that we need. Um, for example, some states say you got to have 100000 of gross sales. Some states say it's 100000 of retail sales. So we have to be able to um, – the, the clients will have to be able to go in and – Give us information of you know retail sales versus wholesale sales, and getting that breakdown of information. So, I think as technology um, moves forward, um, and as people understand how this will impact them, and understand how these states will enforce it, I think will will better help them in the future.
1: Well, and so that seems to be the thing. Is that you know what? companies can do right now? Because that's probably the question you get most. Like, what do I need to do to prepare right now uh, for this coming down the pipeline? So, I mean, what, what would you say?
0: Well, one, one, every company needs to get educated on what this is, what this means, and like how how and then how does it affect their business and so i think that's the question you got but first is just getting educated on this because this is the new uh rule or law of the land right um for the last 65 75 years they've been we've been operating under this physical presence nexus standard and the rules have changed um and so uh, if you're if you're not uh educating yourself on how this could impact their business that's I mean that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, then considering how it's going to affect. What do I need to do? Um, that might take a little bit more experience and, and, and a little bit more knowledge, uh, you know, from an outside consultant or inside uh, to help uh, really lay out a, a roadmap for you. And, and our firm has
2: uh, invested in technology. We're like we're getting into the sales tax compliance and trying to help our clients be able to. Do this. Do file these sales tax returns. They may not have the um, manpower inside to to um, um, prepare returns, get them filed on a monthly, quarterly basis. So we, as a firm, have invested in software, so we are able to now um, help our clients uh, prepare and file sales tax reports. Um, So based on these laws, some states, some clients only file Texas now. They may be filing in 25 or 30 states, so just that burden for them, for us to take on that burden for them, has uh, you know give them a lot of um, uh,
0: that, taking away that anxiety for them. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and just to add, you know, I would say consider one, get educated. Two, uh, uh, determine where you, where you need to file. Right. So it, if you've determined you have nexus in all these states, you got to get registered. Okay, um, If you have 30 states, you gotta, you got to fill out 30 different applications. Um, there, there's not really a streamlined way. There's a streamlined way for some, some states, but uh, every state has a different question you know, uh, that they need information on. Um, then you got to consider, do I need to register with the Secretary of State? Uh, then let's say you get registered in all these states. Now, how do I manage all the different rates? Because every state has a different rate. You know, is my product taxable or not? Um, if it is taxable, then, right, managing the rates. And is my current accounting systems set up to be able to uh, automatically charge sales tax on, on these, you know, uh, sales to my clients? Okay, so then now, now you got that set up. You got to think, well, I might need a, a technology solution, a tax technology solution that pushes uh, information for the sales, for the point of sale, to get those rates right, then collect the tax and that's where I think once we, that's where we come in or, or in-house um, is now taking the information, the data uh, from all the collections and putting it on a return and remitting it to the state. Um, so there's a lot of different considerations. Uh, one, just getting educated first.
1: Okay, so say I'm a, a small business owner and I do some online commerce and you're telling me, okay, so I've been filing in Texas, but now I might be filing in, in 30 other states. Talk me off the cliff, like, or talk me off the edge, as far as like what what's gonna happen. I mean, how can I just best prepare myself and understand uh, what the landscape is gonna be for uh, for sales tax and understanding all of that?
2: Well, to understand, it's gonna be a new norm, and so to be able just the one sit down and educate you, and have you understand that, and then us to understand what are those sales? Are they retail sales? Are they wholesale sales? Making sure you're in compliance with it. Um, the other, you know, you're not the only one in this boat, right? There's everybody's in the same boat. We're all learning um, together uh, on on how how these laws are, are working out because it's so it's so brand new. So it's just, I think, communication between us, the clients and making sure they, they understand these laws and, and if they do have sales, to, and, and, and revisiting that on a yearly basis to make sure they're compliant. Because where, where, where we're seeing some issues now is in the due diligence side, where we may have a client or maybe we have a client purchasing an online retailer and maybe that online retailer hasn't been um, compliant with these laws. And so um, you know, that could cause a deal to uh, just stop in its tracks, and and now we don't want to purchase that company because there's too much exposure there or risk involved. So we're all going to have to get compliant with this, and like I think anything else, you know, a couple years down the road, it's just going to be normal, and and we'll be all,
0: you know, you know, it's just something new kind of always. Um, makes everybody nervous yeah and I would say you know to stop you from walking off that cliff uh, for business I mean you you, there are uh, different compliance needs you know whether you have to uh, abide by labor laws or or you know Texas sales tax laws or uh, anything it's a part of business and so you're not selling into those states because you know you're you you're worried about creating nexus you're selling those states to make money and this is just a a cost that would be added but a lot of it's pass through costs right so yes you have to now get registered and start filing and and maybe get some technology to help you manage all that Uh, but a lot of that's those are one-time costs and 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 it's uh, a lot of it's pass through so you're not having to pay sales tax you're collecting it and then remitting it right
1: right so, um, if I can ask you to kind of look into your crystal ball a little bit, and looking to the next uh, twelve to to twenty four months, like what is your advice for companies doing business across uh, state lines?
2: I think one is the um, being communication with your tax advisor. Have us uh, take a look at your sales by state on a yearly basis, um, and just just make sure that you know we're. I think communication is the key and understanding that business of uh, what you're doing and where you're selling and how you're how you're selling it
0: yeah I think the constant you got 12 to, you know 12 24 months or into the future uh, this is not going away uh, I really don't believe that I think it's going to evolve um, I think uh uh, some of the state's laws are going to maybe change a little bit um, you know in order for this to be a simpler process maybe Congress would have to get involved um, but a, a lot of I, I do not think this is going away um, so our comp- clients companies taxpayers they, they need to really consider getting into compliance now uh, because you can get ahead of it that's like this is new so you don't have a liability right now or you don't have much of it because it just started. Uh, 12, 24 months down the road or longer, you will.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for uh, for your expertise and all your information.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. Subscribe and tune back in for more Weaver Beyond the Numbers.